Welcome to the RBL podcast aimed to encourage and uplift women of all ages through real stories, testimonies, and experiences in Christ. We'll dive into a variety of different topics pertaining to women, and trust me, no topic is off limits. I'm your host, Mercedes, and if you're ready to be inspired and encouraged, this podcast is for you. Hey, RBL community. Now, there's nothing more exciting than living out the will of God for your life, whatever that looks like. So we know that we are all called to serve God in different ways as he sees fit. In today's episode, my guest Sherry Lynn will be sharing her amazing testimony and journey of living out God's purpose for her life as a pastor's wife. So welcome, Sherry Lynn, to the podcast. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. It's it's a real privilege. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you here. So excited. Okay, so of course, I always love to start off with testimony and so please share like who were you before coming to Christ how did you come to know Christ um well my testimony is different than a lot of people's Mm -hmm. um as a young girl I kind of thought I didn't have a testimony because Mm -hmm. um I hadn't done anything really wild and crazy that I thought was so exciting to share but my testimony actually starts out when I was just a five-year-old girl um Mm -hmm. My family at that time weren't weren't believers, and there was a pastor in the area that um, would came by and visited my parents because we had been sent to the Sunday school, and my mom had visited that church a couple of times on different occasions. Okay, so he was on the area, and it was New Year's Eve, and my parents were getting ready for a party, and he witnessed to them, and they got saved that night. So mm-hmm. that was a New Year's Eve. Um, yeah, they got saved that night, and so the next day. New Year's Day, like I said, I was five years old, and um, my parents explained to me the gospel, mm-hmm. and I said, I want Jesus in my heart too. So I can still wow. remember praying that prayer just, you know, at five years old, and it meant something to me. I, like, genuinely got saved, converted, and then um, we went to church. We started, you know, serving God as a family, mm-hmm. and then when I was, like, 10 years old, I, I got water baptized, and um, I m- remember just Jesus was everything to me. Mm-hmm. And I remember also getting filled with the Holy Spirit at age of 10 years old. Wow. Yeah. And just serving God from, you know, throughout my teenage years. And yeah. um, the interesting thing, I really feel God began to speak about my destiny at a very young age because mm-hmm. I was only 12 years old when I remember hearing about missionaries. And that was what really caught my attention. And mm-hmm. I started researching about missionaries. And as a teenage girl I'd read a lot of books about missionaries um, Mm. especially ones about um, communist countries or people that had you know been in communist countries serving Christ and had to like uh, do everything in secret and smuggle Bibles in so yeah that was yeah wow yeah at 12 years old these are the things you're reading about yeah yeah that's crazy okay so you're reading about these things what's happening after that so then um, I remember I was probably 14 when um, my parents brought our church into our fellowship. Mm. So up until that time, we had, you know, I'd been saved in, in a, a church, like a Baptist church. Okay. Um, we moved to another city. My parents joined a, like a Pentecostal church. 
Okay. And we were living in a different town. And in that town, we didn't have a church. Um, but people were getting saved because my dad, you know, he worked as a, in the power corporation and my mom worked at an, as a nurse in the hospital. Okay. And so people started getting saved in our community, but we didn't have a church. And my dad really felt like he needed to do something with these people. Right. right. Um, and we actually bought land and we built a building in our little town of 500 people. It's called Paradise Hill. Um, it was in northern Saskatchewan. So we had this church, and then my dad said, you know, I want to be joined to something. And he heard somebody that we knew had talked about the Fellowship Potter's House. Mm -hmm. So Pastor Marks from um, out west in BC, he flew up to meet my family, and he preached in our church in the you know on the weekend, and we joined the fellowship. So then we became part wow. of the fellowship, which was very key and instrumental in my journey and what God was going to do through my life. Right. Um, so... Um, during that time, I remember going to an event that was hosted by some church and they showed a video about Russia mm. and about how the communism had fallen and people had never heard the gospel and how they were handing out Bibles and people were literally grabbing, you know, trying to get a Bible that, you know, and so wow. when I saw that, I remember I had tears in my eyes and I later when I got home, I told my dad, I said, dad, I really want to go to Russia. And I was, you know, 16 at the time. Oh, wow. And I said, I really feel like I want to go on this trip that they were going to be taking, you know, to share the gospel. Right. And my dad said, well, Sherry Lynn, um, unfortunately, I don't think you can go. It's not safe. But he said, you pray. And if it's God's will, you'll get there one day. And I did. <laughs> <laughs> well, then. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So then I was, um, uh, I think, 17. Yeah, 17 when um, my parents got sent out to go to Vologda, Russia at a conference that's crazy. Yeah. Wow. So it was crazy because I, yeah, how God fulfilled the desires of my heart. Yeah. Um, and so that was, yeah, that was how I got to Russia is my mm. parents actually got sent out there. Um, mm. That is a very radical decision in itself because right. they both had very good jobs. We had a very stable home. We had this little church in a town of 500 people. Mm -hmm. And everybody thought my parents were crazy when one day they both quit their jobs. We put our house up for sale. And in one month's time, we had eight suitcases packed. And my younger sister and I, we were on our way to Russia with my parents. Wow. <laughs> wow. So, yeah, that, that's the beginning of my testimony. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, because I just think about, like, in comparison, uh, the average, like, 16-year-old <laughs> is not thinking about, like, I want to go to Russia, you know? Mm -hmm. and, and, like, watching missionary videos. Yeah. No, the average 16-year-old is watching TV shows, yeah. right? And so that's amazing that God even started, like, putting these types of desires mm -hmm. in your heart at such a young age. And the fact that, like, your parents, too, ended up, you know, having to be sent out to Russia, too, out of all the places. Mm -hmm. Wow. Just yeah. wow. So tell us more. Like, what happens after? Um, so then, um, you know, I, we, we get to Moscow. That's yeah. when I first met Pastor Mitchell for the first time. He okay. was there. They were doing a revival. And we helped a church there that had been planted from the Australian Fellowship. They mm -hmm. were there a year. So we stayed there for a little bit moved on to our city, Vologda, and it was like everything I could ever imagine in my life, the excitement, everything I longed for mm -hmm. came to pass because I, I kind of missed in my testimony that growing up in that town, you know, um, one thing that I, you know, I really believe was instrumental in my life is I really built a strong relationship with God through prayer. Because mm -hmm. like I said, I was a teenager in a small church 
you know, the town only had 500 people. So you can imagine how small our church is. Right. It's, you know, maybe 25, 30 people. And I had no friends my age. You know, mm. the kids I went to elementary school with, they, you know, didn't want anything to do with God. So I remember just having, um, building that relationship with Christ before school. I'd go to morning prayer with my dad at the church and spending time just going for walks, you know, in the forest behind my house and just talking to God and literally pouring out my heart and just saying, you know, God, I want you to use my life. If anything, just use my life. But I kept thinking, but how? I am a little girl in a village of 500 people, but yet something was birthed in that, that I really felt God wanted me to be a missionary. So fast forward now, I'm in Russia at 18 and it's like God just opened the doors that I was surrounded with kids my age 17 18 19 year olds and when we started the church it that's who we attracted was all these young people so i spent my days literally going from like we'd outreach with my dad i'd meet people i'd get invited to a birthday party i'd go to a birthday party you know just evangelizing seeing people get saved we Mm -hmm. would go on the streets daily with like my family and we'd play music i played drums at the time my sister piano and we had this little family band Uh, (laughs) we actually had the family band growing up um really that's another funny story yeah wow we had a little family band yeah it was like this little country family band and (laughs) brother played the banjo and stuff so um and so it was just amazing what God did. Like literally just people were coming and getting saved. And, mm-hmm. you know, you do a concert in the street and hundreds of people would be there and answering the altar call. And um, just seeing the growth of that, we literally walked into just revival. Um, mm. And out of that, you know, um, my husband came out to church and got saved. Um, in Russia. In Russia. Yeah. Oh, so he that. grew up as a communist. Yeah. Yeah. He grew up as a communist and grew up without knowing God. But um, in his teenage years, he began to search. And so he had heard from one of his professors that there was a Canadian church and that he should go check it out. And he did. And wow. that was the next part of my you know, story of how I met my husband um, in Russia. That is, wow. So you needed to be in Russia. <laughs> I needed to. That's where my husband was. <laughs> this is amazing. Well, because like everything from, you know, five years old, from your, even your parents getting saved mm-hmm. to you coming to Christ. Like I'm just even still stuck on the fact that at five years old, you made a decision for Jesus, you know, and that mm-hmm. just tells me that it doesn't matter how young you are, right? You can always come to Christ basically mm-hmm. and, and serve him and you, you lived that life, right? And mm-hmm. started your walk with God. Now, just going back to a little bit of when you were, you know, you got saved again at five years old and now as a teenager you're a missionary well not technically a missionary Mm -hmm. but you're with your family Mm -hmm. who's now been sent to Russia Mm -hmm. okay so can you walk us through a little bit of your experience during that time like what were some of the things that God was doing in your life because I think sometimes even being that age you can think to yourself there's nothing that I can really do for God right because I'm just I'm too young what can I really do so what was your experience during that time? So um, actually, it was a very exciting time in my life mm-hmm. because like I had said previously that, you know, being in Canada as a teenager, I had always longed to do something for God. And I, you know, at that time didn't have a lot of friends and things. And then going into Russia where literally the doors were open and all these young people were getting saved. And um, in that there was many opportunities that arose for me to do things for God. So 
one thing that happened is there was a teacher that came, a young, young teacher. She was probably early 20s. She came to our church and then she met me and we became friends and she said, I want you to come to my school mm. and talk about Canada. And so I said, okay. So what happened was, um, it's, I'll give you a little bit of a backstory up to that. When I was in Canada, I remember one time when I was a teenager and I was going to bed and I don't know if I'd been praying for bed or whatever, but I was going to bed and I, I remember, cause I wasn't sleeping, but I saw this vivid image and it was this doorway. And then I walked through the doorway and I was standing there at the front of this room and this room was filled with people and I was speaking. And I remember getting this just excitement in me, like I, w I was going to do something for God, but I didn't even know what. I just saw this picture in my mm. head. Um, so later on, when this girl, Nina, came to church, she invited me to go to her school. And I remember when I went to that school that day and I took a translator, because um, at that time I had um, a translator because I couldn't speak the Russian mm. uh, language. So I w went into that school and as I was going into her classroom that exact picture was there going into this classroom and going in with this with these people and I remember thinking I've seen this somewhere and then it kind Amazing. of came I can't remember if it came to me right at that moment yeah. or later on when I was like wow because it was amazing because what it what it was is I, I began to just talk about Canada and they asked questions about Canada and I you know told about just statistics and things but then at the end of that, there was already other teachers from other classrooms in there at standing at the back. And I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to give an altar call. Because yeah. <laughs> I, so I, what I did is I began to explain why I was in Russia at 17 years old or 16 or whatever, 17 at the time. And then I, I said, you know, it's because of Jesus. And I gave this, you know, salvation message. I got them to bow their heads and they raised their hands. And I had whole classrooms of people, wow. you know praying for salvation I was only 17 myself you know yeah and that happened over and over again I was invited to different schools there was in the church at the time when my dad started a lot of young people started coming out like even children so I had a class of 60 kids in my Sunday school class wow in my Sunday school class 60. and I didn't speak Russian so I had a translator her name was Vika at the time she's still in the church and vlog today love you Vika <laughs> and she would translate for me um so in that, you know, that was another thing. Then I was invited to go to the orphanages. It was like God just began to open up doors that I would never have dreamed imaginable, mm -hmm. you know. And so then I'm in orphanages and, and you know, um, people, actually other people in, in the uh, foreigners had given me money and, and I used it to buy them stuff. And then I would, you know, share the gospel. And then a friend of mine, Olya and I, um, we were able to go into a women's prison and we started having Bible studies. Wow. And this is another thing, like, I would never, ever imagine that God could ever use my life in that way. And I definitely was not qualified. I was this 17, 18 year old girl that just loved God, loved people, and any, do any door that opened up, I would walk through. Right. There was another friend of mine, Larissa, who got saved. And her and I decided that we were going to do a, um, a rebels class in... Um, one of the the dormitories where girls stayed and they went to college and some of the girls had come from the college to our church so we said let's do an outreach so we started having free aerobics classes <laughs> and then we do a bible study mm. you know and there was girls coming out from that right um there was just so many different opportunities that mm -hmm. when i look back i'm actually very very amazed what god did and and just yeah it's just it was it was um it was amazing to be a part of and just seeing how God could use your life. You know, I was involved in a band, um, you know, we go singing and preaching and it was just a way of life that it was just, 
yeah, was wonderful. Just that's, seeing all that God did. Yeah. That's amazing. Wow. I have one more story real quick. I remember my parents going to a camp. We went to a camp. We were invited again. You just meet people. They invite you places. We were invited out to this camp for youth. Mm. And so we sang songs. Um, I was on my drum, my sister on the piano, and then my dad gave the altar call. And at the end of the altar call, you know, people, many people prayed. And then we had these little Bibles that we were going to give out. And they wanted them so bad that they all started getting up onto the stage and it got to be so many people that the stage collapsed. Oh. <laughs> my drum started rolling down. I was like, oh my gosh. But like that's like those kind of things in your head, you just, you'll never forget. Like, wow. Never forget those things. They were uh, hungry, hungry for, for the for word. God's, yeah. Wow. For God's word. So yeah, those are just a little of the highlights of, you know, just seeing what, what God could do. And, and that's why I say that no one despise your youth. You know, mm. you can be eight years old and God can use you in such a powerful way. You can be 15. And then I look at my parents who my mom was passed in her late 60s and they were missionaries again. So mm. there's no age limit on, on what God can, you know, do in a person's life. It's, mm. it's just the willingness. Really good stuff. So, all right. So your husband now, he gets saved. Yes. Okay. So how many years after, let's just say he started coming out that... You you guys got married and you know, um, walk us through well, that. Well, during that time, I must say it was a very um, it was a time of revival, so everything was quick. Okay. So he came in and he got saved, and um, within two years we were married. Um, so I think we he was just in the church for like a year or whatever, and mm -hmm. um, I think then after a year I started to like him or he started to like me. Mm -hmm. um, that's another testimony because <laughs> um, within that time, my dad, mm. you know, Russia at the time was a third world country. Mm. And I think my dad noticed um, that he liked me. And he kind of said to me, Sherry Lynn, I brought two daughters to Russia. I'm taking two daughters home when I leave. <laughs> so um, it was not really, it was not his plan for me to marry anybody there. Right. <laughs> but God had other plans and so did I. So, um, I remember him telling, like, telling me that, and then yeah. he even spoke to my husband, Jania, and said, listen, um, there's a lot of nice girls in this church, and you just find one, but leave my daughter alone. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it was a no-no, right. like, for sure no. This is another testimony, because <laughs> in that, um, I began to pray, because yeah. I really felt that he was the one, mm. and... Um, it's interesting because, you know, I, I remember my prayer was, God, you changed Pharaoh's heart, changed my father's heart. Oh, wow. Yeah, because my dad was, no, it's not going to happen. Right, right. But I remember thinking that you need to honor your parents and obey your parents. So I knew mm. that if my dad was my <clears throat> headship, that I needed to listen to him. So if it was going to work, God had to change his mind. Right. So after um, we'd been in Russia for almost two years, I went back to Canada for a month of preaching, going to conference, everything, and we came back. And I remember thinking, yeah, no, he's the one. So we were at a practice at church and mm. my dad just called me in the office and he had tears in his eyes. And he's like, Sherilyn, God just spoke to me very clearly. And he said, um, he's your father first and then I'm your father. That your heavenly father, he's always going to look after you. He said, I'm looking at your life through um, earthly father's eyes, mm -hmm. but I want you to know that I never thought of your, you know, Jania as not a good fit possibly i was just concerned about living leaving you in russia Aww. so he said um 
you have my blessing. If you, you know, want to marry this guy, we weren't even dating, we weren't courting, nothing. Like, if you want my blessing, you can, you can marry him. Wow. So he called my, um, well, later on husband into the office, Jania, and he yeah. said, um, same thing. You, you have permission to, you know, court my daughter. He almost fell over because it was like, no, 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 to like, now you can marry her. Oh, wow. <laughs> even asking yeah wow so he, we walked home that night after practice and we you know said how much you know yeah this is the plan this is what we're going to do mm. we love each other and we were engaged in a couple of weeks and married in three months so we pretty much no didn't way court. yeah we didn't court wow we literally went from no to engagement to getting married yeah wow. like i said things went fast yeah really fast <laughs> i didn't know that fast yeah but it was just, well, again, it was just one of those things you just knew. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then after that, um, or sorry, did you want to say anything? Oh, no. You, <laughs> floor is yours. Um, so then after that, we were married in August. And yeah. then in, in um, December, we were sent out to start a church. So like I said, it was very quick. Because by the time, you know, my husband got saved and we mm. got married and sent out, was it within just over two years? Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. So that means during that time, he knew that there was a call yes. on his life. Yeah. And you, of course, like, especially like coming from the background that you did, you were totally fine with it. Yeah. As well. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I could see the calling of God in his life. I think yeah. that, that's part of what attracted me to him. Mm. Um, so, Yeah. Wow. It was very fast. That was fast. It's literally like fast forward, fast forward, yeah, fast forward. Everything was fast. That's exciting though. We didn't even live in it. So we knew we could only see their like temporary. Mm-hmm. So the first initial thing was, okay, we come to like do something great for God. But then it was like, oh my goodness, where am I? <laughs> like I had to spend two weeks in the bathroom um, because that was the only place it was warm because there was, wow. it was the hot water heater was in the bathroom. So the bathroom was warm, mm-hmm. but the rest of the house, we just, we didn't unpack. We didn't do anything. We just knew, okay, well we have to. So we, we, um, went to a Bible conference in Holland and when we came back, we found a new place and then, then we just started church and my husband found a building and mm-hmm. you know, there we were wow. pioneering. <laughs> And you got to remember, Russian wasn't my first language. So I had oh, to learn the yes. Russian. I had to learn language in that time too. So here we are married and he's, his English was okay. My Russian was, I guess, kind of okay. <laughs> right, right. So there's lots of, yeah, it was very different. But yeah, I was so excited. We were so excited to be doing something for Jesus. Mm. And we were in love with each other. So it was, that was a bonus. And uh, we had a we had a lot of fun. <laughs> wow. Okay. So in terms of because sometimes you know you can have expectations. For mm-hmm. example, right? Like even when like God places a desire in your heart to mm-hmm. do something for Him. So would you say that like you know when you guys got into the field, you know your first pioneering, what was it like in comparison to the expectations you had, if there were any expectations? Honestly the first time because we've pioneered you know a few times Mm -hmm. so i'm very grateful that it was a very good experience our first pioneer work that um kind of just like we had seen in our mother church we saw in our church that it was very fruitful and right off we saw people coming and getting saved and Mm -hmm. we always had people to work with and it was just we always had young people at our house it was just constant open house of you know people coming getting saved and so i think my expectations were definitely met Mm -hmm. um yeah, I felt very, I was very excited to see what God was doing. That's good. And how many years have you been saved now? 
Um, forty-one. Wow. <laughs> now you know how old I am. <laughs> yeah, I'm married wow. twenty-six years. That is amazing. In ministry for twenty-six years. Wow. You know, honestly, like when I think about those numbers, I'm like. Wow, it almost, like, of course, like, you're happy about, like, how long you've been saved for, but you're also like, wow, I can't wait till someday, like, you know, God willing, I, I'm able to say something like that. I've been saved for, like, 30 years, 40 years, like, it's like, I have a while to go, yeah. but that's amazing. That's actually that's amazing. Yeah, so how many places have you guys then, like, um, pioneered in? Um, so we were in Russia. Yeah. Uh, we pioneered our work the work there in Rebens. We were there for two years, I think. And then mm-hmm. we were in Vologda, Russia. My parents went back to Canada, so we took over the mother church. Mm. And then we were there for a few years. And then after that, we moved back to um, Nova Scotia, Canada. Wow. We pioneered there. Um, we were in Nova Scotia for four years. And then after that, we went to the Czech Republic for seven years. Oh, wow. Um, and then after the Czech, we were in, actually in Mississauga, we were assisting for Pastor Mike and Sister Mary. We mm. assisted there for a year and a half. Okay. Um, and then we went to Nepal. Oh, wow. <laughs> and then we went to South Korea. Really? And then we were back in Czech Republic for a very short time. Mm-hmm. The same place? Different city. Oh. We went to Pioneer in a different city. Because wow. by that time, we had already given our church over. Right, so, right. Um, yeah, that was a very interesting year and a half. Um, <laughs> and then after that, um, we were back in Nova Scotia for, I believe, a year and a half. Mm. And then we were in Croatia for four years. And then we were back in Brampton. <laughs> I know it's, it's uh, I, I have I, I get confused sometimes for like um, a year and a half and now we've been in Ajax for two years fasting wow that's a lot of adventure lots <laughs> I'm lots. sure it's exciting then yeah it's, it's been good what's your favorite part about like just being able to go to these different places and just again like living out the purpose for God just seeing what God can do right like I, I think yes there's hardships in you know um, being, you know, pastor's wife or pioneering or missionary work, there are definitely difficulties, but I think it's just, I've counted a privilege that I get to be a, a part of something so wonderful. Right. Just seeing people get saved. And like, I look at some of the places we were at, even like Nepal, we were only there for six months, but oh. the guy that was living with us, um, as our translator, it was literally live in discipleship. So he was there, you know, always with us. He stayed in our house in a different room. Um, and, you know, when we left, another pastor came and took over for a, a while. And then that man now is pastoring that church, right? Aww. You wow. know, so just seeing, you know, another in Rubensk where we were at, um, you know, a couple came into church. We were very newly, like, I think newly married us of a few months or not even a full year. A couple mm-hmm. comes into church. Well, he came in um, without his wife because they were separated at the time Mm -hmm. um and then you know he started serving god and then she started serving god they got back together and they you know were serving god together and then they went as missionaries now they're in israel to this right now they're in israel in haifa pastoring yeah so seeing things like that another guy that was saved in our church in czech republic he's from botswana and he's now in botswana and he's pastoring there you know chilindi and his wife michelle so it's like 
it's the few years you give you have no idea what God can do in that time and mm. the you know it's not even just about that group of people but what they're going to eventually go and go on to do for God so mm. wow that's that's honestly amazing yeah. so it's exciting in terms of like even let's just go back a little bit like so back to like you being that teenager you know and having that desire for a missionary were there any like concerns at all like when you were thinking about that like going out um no because <laughs> I think I was very I was too young to really think of that side mm. I was just I don't know I was just really had that burden I just I, I don't think I thought of all the practicalities mm. I was just like no this is going to be great. I want to do something for God. Wow, that's great. <laughs> I yeah. feel like that's how God wants it to be. <laughs> I think it's like faith, like a child. Yeah. I literally was like that child that mm. you, you don't really know how it's all going to work out like, right. at all. And I feel like that's most of my life. I don't really have the plan, you know, that yeah. it's just, okay, God, like what's next? And mm. just kind of, yeah, wow. trusting God, right? Yeah, just the availability, I want to say as well. And like, even from your testimony, just seeing like you had just that willingness to say, God, whatever it is, I'm on board. And that's, that's really amazing, too, because now you can look back and say, like, you've experienced this, you've done this for God, you've done this for God, you've, you've pioneered in several different places with your husband. So it's an adventure as well, to say the least. Yes, it is. Now, of course, like being a pastor's wife now, um, how would you say that you supported your husband and how do you even keep supporting him as you both pioneer and pastor a church? Um, <clears throat> I think one of the main ways I think a, a wife can support her husband mm-hmm. um, is through prayer. Mm. Just lifting him up in prayer, lifting up the ministry in prayer. Um, you know, I think being encouragement to him it's also very important you're going to go through seasons where things are not the greatest but Mm -hmm. trying to put a brave face on (laughs) and be like it's going to be okay and be encouraged when he's not Mm -hmm. um you can support him you know good food (laughs) (laughs) just be a good wife you know right be a good wife take care of your husband take care of the family take care of the home Mm -hmm. um take care of as many things you can take care of so that he has not as much stress on his life Mm -hmm. um yeah, those are just some of the the ways I think yeah, very practical and just in the spiritual, I'd say just prayer and just being a blessing to him, being a blessing to the church. Okay, makes sense. So in terms of just like, again, like diving down, because of course, like everything in our life, especially when we're doing things for God, like it does kind of have like a impact on our families as mm-hmm. well. So in light of that has becoming a pastor's wife ever shaped the way that you've raised your children yes i think it really has um i think because when you're in the ministry your Mm. life is literally focused on just doing god's will Mm. um doing you know you obviously you're not serving people you're serving god but the byproduct of that is that you serve people Mm -hmm. so when children grow up in that atmosphere it's not like they're spectators coming to a church, but right from the very beginnings, they see needs in the church and they sometimes have to even fill them, you know? Mm. So raising your children, it's, um, I think it's a blessing being on the mission field or being in a pioneer church, 
with your children because they, they firsthand get involved in things and it's not, um, I, yeah, I think they build a relationship with God, you know, in a different way too, because they realize, wow, we're in this together, you know, and, mm. and they want to have that prayer life and also support, you know, the church and do what they can do, even at young ages, you know, right, right. just seeing the kids, how they would always come to church, set up chairs or do the overhead mm. or, you know, go up and talk to people, visitors and they're, <laughs> they're just little, but it's so cute because yeah. they, you know, they really want to be involved. And, and then I think also just the way that they later on make decisions. If you as parents put God first and all of your decisions are based on God's will for your life, mm-hmm. um, not always just based on what we feel or what our preference would be or how this would suit us economically or thinking right. of finances or, Oh, I, I'm going to go for this job because it's better money, but how does that fit in with the will of God or with, mm. you know, what we're, we're doing for God. Right. So right. I think the children also take that on. Mm. Wow. It's like discipleship. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So in terms of like just a time of struggle, like, can you share a time or can you recall a time of maybe where you struggled being, um, out in the field and how it impacted just your family as well um yes there's always struggles Mm -hmm. um I can't really say that I had like one major struggle you know how people can point back to something you know that really bad happened or some situation that was like life-changing I don't have that um I know that the year and a half that we were moving a lot mm-hmm. because of visa issues and stuff who we you know pioneered a church there and then we had to move and and different things like that i know that was a little difficult for me in the sense that i was used to moving but i was used to kind of settling somewhere mm. for a little bit longer and for me it was also you know for my children i wanted them to like you know a lot of the time i'd have to maybe homeschool the kids or i'd put them in a school you know where we lived other places um they'd learn the language and things mm. um so you're also thinking about things like that so sometimes a struggle you know can be like okay am i doing the right thing for my kids i'm like mm. dragging them here dragging them there right um but i am i remember you know god giving me that scripture that um the lord shall teach your children and they will dwell in peace Mm. And that's what really kept me in those times of like, oh my goodness, how are my kids going to go through all of these, you know, situations? Mm. And I can honestly say, I recall a time in South Korea when I had some, I was sick Mm. and we had just left Nepal. We're in Korea. We're staying in this place and I felt very overwhelmed. I had to figure out what I was going to do with the kids' schooling and I wasn't feeling well. And I remember just crying. Oh, and I, I remember washing clothes in this in this bathtub and hang up dry and I was just like oh my goodness like what what am I doing (laughs) and I remember just crying and I was like god you have to help me because I don't feel well and when you're not feeling well you're not sleeping well and just everything felt so overwhelming and I remember Christine at the time she came in and she just laid hands on me started praying over me Mm. and I was like okay and she gave me a word like from the bible I can't remember it was some encouraging scripture and I was like and that in itself really encouraged me because I felt like okay if if they see this as really important and here they are coming in like encouraging me mm-hmm. you know okay I gotta be strong I gotta get on yeah. with this I gotta go right so Christina your daughter yeah right? Christina okay. my daughter yeah wow. many times my children have really encouraged me to this day they're one of the biggest you know ways God uses um people to encourage me is you know they just speak 
things mm. into your life or yeah so I can't say there's one major thing it's just life you know it's yeah it can be you know we've been had to leave countries like um and it's just like oh I thought we were going to be seeing here long term and all of a sudden we're not and it's like well there goes that dream of what I thought was going to happen right yeah. so disappointment I would say is one of the things that you face um mm. because you naturally just feel like okay if God gave me this dream and vision this is how it's going to play out and you kind of have your own scenario of how it's going to happen mm. and then many times it doesn't go like that and right. you have to kind of just trust God and say okay God I'm as long as I'm doing what you're asking of me to do that you're going to work it all out mm. wow so would you say that even getting that revelation was something that you got right away or would you say that over time is something that you had to like build in like come to really trust God that even though you may not understand every single detail that he still he has you in his best interest and he has the purpose and the plan and he's going to fulfill that will would you say it's that revelation came quick or no I think it's still coming okay <laughs> fair fair no I mean I think it's you know what you get that revelation in a season and you you're like yes I trust God yeah but then I feel like God's always taking you into deeper waters. So All the right. next situation happens and it's like, oh, I have to trust you in this situation now, right? Mm. And then it's another situation that you've never experienced. So then you're again, yeah. So I think it's something God continually is like teaching me just to keep trusting him. And I can say, you know, as I'm getting older, um, trust almost seems sometimes harder even though you have the track mm -hmm. record of God's goodness and wow yeah. he's so wonderful and look what he's done like I can give so many testimonies how God helped us in this way sickness finances like just God's been so good right but as you get older that feeling of sometimes security of like I kind of really want to know what's going to happen next <laughs> that like you know, when you're 20 yeah. it's like yeah I love the adventure this is awesome let's just go for it when you get older, you're like, um, is there like an insurance plan in this? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, right. yeah. Okay. Definitely. All right. So in light of that, and, and just in relation to everything that you just said, so what are some of the lies that maybe you have, you know, believed mm -hmm. in this entire journey? And how have you combated those lies? You know, any lie that the enemy plants, mm -hmm. uh, I think the... The strongest way I've been able to fight lies in the enemy is the word of God. Right. Yes. I really um, believe in Bible memory and knowing God's word because I think we get bombarded with lies pretty much daily. Mm -hmm. And I think when we have something from God's word that we can stand on that immediately, it's, it's almost like you develop that mechanism of, okay, this lie comes and you have a scripture that you can kind of have against it. Mm -hmm. It's very, very helpful. Um, but in lies in terms of being a pastor's wife or the ministry, um, well, some days you just think maybe I'm not, this isn't, maybe, maybe, not that I'm not called, but maybe I've done my time. Maybe, mm. you know, when doors are shutting and things, you think, okay, maybe, maybe that was good for a season, but maybe, you know, my usefulness is kind of over, maybe, you know, things like that. But then you just realize, no. If God has called you, he says he will complete what he started in you. Mm, yeah. Right? Um, another lie could be, oh, I'm not good enough, you know? Mm. But the Bible says there's no one good, no, not one. It's not about our goodness. You know, it's God's grace over our lives that He's that we're able to do anything for him, right? right. So 
we're human. We're going to make mistakes. You know, we're, we're not going to always be perfect, but it's God's grace in our lives. And so that's just pride when we think mm. that we're not good enough or that we're not this or that. It's, it's God. Um, pastor's wives can struggle because I have a lot of friends who are pastor's wives. So mm-hmm. they can struggle with all kinds of insecurities. They can struggle with the feeling of, you know, um, I'm, I'm not like the next pastor's wife. Mm. You know, people have come to me and said like, oh, I'm not, you know, I'm not a very good pastor's wife because I don't do this, 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 or I can't do this. And that's a lie from the enemy because God made us all very unique with very unique purposes for, you know, whatever he's called us to do. And so it's, you're going to be very frustrated as a pastor's wife if you try to copy the next one because we're all very different. It's just, it's just like mother, being a mother, you know, the way you raise your children is going to be different in every situation because of your family dynamics, your kids, your husband, right? There's no, just, this is the only way. Mm-hmm. As long as you're living out the principles of God's word and being a godly woman, mm-hmm. you know, God gives each person different gifts. And that's what's beautiful about the family of God is that, you know, I know people that can sing, but if I get up and try, try to do that, it's like, it's not going to be a blessing for anyone. <laughs> it's okay. You know? I'm with you on that. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, you know, but if I've got the gift of hospitality and I like to yeah. bake, well, let me just use that. You right. know, I can have people in my home. We'll talk about things over baking, right? So that's yeah. a lie that the enemy can use is that, oh, you, you, you don't have talents or gifts, you know, it doesn't matter if you're an extrovert or an introvert because introverts feel like, oh, I'm not the extrovert. I can't mm. go. But then extroverts feel like, oh, I talk too much. Maybe I'm this, maybe I'm right. that, you know, like there's always these lies that are thrown at you. Yeah. And so you just have to know that, no, it, it's, that's, you know, God made you for who you are and for a purpose that you made you for. And another thing is that maybe one of the lies would be, um, that you have to be everything to everyone. Mm. Um, so if you think that, then you're going to be very, very busy, but you're going to be very drained. You're going to not be happy. Right. Um, you can't be everything to everybody. You know, you're one person. And so you're, as a pastor's wife, your, your main goal is to be, you know, a wife to your right. husband. That's the main part of the pastor wife thing. It's the wife, you know, <laughs> yeah. be a wife, you know, look after your children, your home, and then you give yourself to the people, of course. Um, but in that, you also have to know, you know, it's, it's okay sometimes if I, I can't do everything. And I think sometimes that's a struggle for me because mm. I'm very much a doer. Um, and the, the verse always comes to mind is Martha, Martha, you know, you're so concerned about all these things. But right. the one thing that's important, you're not doing. Right. And, you know, sometimes it's, it's we rob ourselves because we get very busy and then we get frustrated. And how come people aren't helping me? Mm. right so we can rob ourselves of that blessing and then on top of that we rob other people because other people have gifts and if we try to do everything we're not letting their gifts grow Mm. right and three i think we lose um the supernatural because you know jesus was there with martha and mary he could have provided food for the whole place if he you know he turned that's true you know he fed five thousand people but so when we try to do too much that can be one of the things you know and that's sometimes comes from the life and I mean that oh you have to be this person that's gonna tick every box and make mm. you know help this person you know look after this person's kids and make sure you're here and oh did you follow up on that one and you know so that's another one wow yeah I really like that you said that actually so do you think that sometimes that because it sounds a lot like even um, comparison with all of the lies mm-hmm. right 
Do you think sometimes it has to do with just having an ideal image of what a pastor's wife is supposed to look like? Mm -hmm. And so maybe when you see a characteristic in another pastor's wife, it's like, okay, this is what it has Mm -hmm. to be. And then another pastor's wife, okay, this is what I need as well. Do you think that that plays a role? Yeah, I think so. I think insecurities generally, especially like in Mm. women, it's you're comparing and and that's something we can never do is compare you know right i think once you start comparing you're yeah you're definitely in the wrong wrong frame of mind right it's, yeah no yeah i agree it's yeah no and you have to know who you are in christ i think mm. that's very important early on in salvation even if you're not a pastor you're just a woman in the church you know you have to know who you are in christ and be sure that you know i'm a daughter of the living god mm. that's who i am before i'm a pastor pastor life is a title you know right, right. but who i am in christ that's who who it's important i'm i'm sherry Landon and i'm a daughter of god almighty <laughs> <laughs> and that gives you the dignity because because if you're looking for some kind of um dignity from a title mm-hmm. sometimes that you're just not going to get that right right so you have to know who you are in christ and then then you're happy then you don't compare yourself and you can genuinely be happy for a woman who's prettier than you and somebody that can sing better than you and someone that's got all the talents that you don't have you're mm. you're happy because you're like well that's wonderful i have my own things god's doing and has you know using me for right so right. i like that and because it can be discouraging if all you're focused on is like what everyone else is doing and you know you're not focused on the things that god's given you because mm-hmm. he's given every single one of us like gifts and talents and things to use for him right and the building up of the body so and our purpose um for god is not going to look like everyone else's purpose as well so i really like that you said that like the identity factor is a a huge one so just going down that um path of like you know i don't want to call it like the downsides because that just sounds so down (laughs) but of course like with everything in life you know there's the there are the ups and there are like the downs so I want to ask like have you ever experienced like even just seasons of like loneliness as a pastor's wife and if so have you how how have you overcome those seasons I want to say yes definitely you will have those Mm -hmm. um it I think especially in my case because we moved we moved so much it wasn't that I had my group of friends around me Mm. or um, it was many times you know I'm in a new country I don't speak the language and I'm alone Um, and yes you have your husband and your children but sometimes you want that closeness of a friend right right right. Um, so I think a lot of times I would just go to God in prayer I think that was one thing again for my teenage years of being lonely I learned okay I can turn to God he's Mm. always there he's my best friend so I would just go to God in prayer and pray. And then also God answered those, you know, God always fulfills your needs and he knows we need other people in our lives. So God would bring people into my life that would just, you know, um, I think it's good to have friendships with other people. I think it's good nowadays because we have WhatsApp and all these things. Back in the day, I didn't have anything. You know, oh. I didn't talk sometimes to my family because we'd only be able to talk on the phone maybe once a month for like five minutes because you'd, you'd didn't, it was too expensive, right? Mm. So you're out there alone, alone. Um, wow. So, yes, there's definitely going to be loneliness. But first of all, first off, I think you have to go to God. Because um, sometimes loneliness is not even about people. It's that inner loneliness. You can be in a room full of people and you still feel lonely, right? So you right. have to, again, I think, base off God. And then 
make relationships with people, you know, people that you can trust and people that you can call. Because um, nowadays with all the technology, that's not a problem. Mm-hmm. And honestly, sometimes like for me, when I was in, in new places um, where like, you know, just got sent out, I would just pray for God. I'd say, let me meet somebody. Mm. And in that, I'd build new relationships. And, you know, sometimes it would be people that weren't even saved, but we'd build a relationship and the person might get saved. Or, you know, it's, yeah, it's not, being lonely is not actually a bad thing because Mm. you can learn so much out of it, you know? Mm. But it's definitely something, yeah, you can struggle with. Right, right. Yeah. Or feeling forgotten, you know, it's like, you know, it's like, hello, (laughs) I'm out here, hello. (laughs) But you got to remember, everybody has their lives, right? Everybody's busy. And again, like we were in the middle of nowhere sometimes. And yeah. Wow. I mean, I guess that also helps you to, like you mentioned, like a while back is God was basically like your best friend, Mm -hmm. you know? So I think even in those seasons it's good because you can actually like rely on him a little yes. bit more too yes so and it draws you closer to him yeah so it's it's not a bad thing it's actually sometimes good and even when you look in the bible many times god spoke to people it's he drew them away from everyone else right. you know you're just kind of away in the wilderness and god speaks to you and and sometimes it's good because that it's those seasons of being reflective and thinking and pondering and thinking about god and and not just the busyness of life because it's hard sometimes for God to get through to us in those seasons. So again, I think it's a season. Mm-hmm. And I and I notice that in my life that there's seasons where I'm very much I'm very active, people around, and then there's seasons where it's, you know, you're in the middle of nowhere kind of alone and it's like, mm-hmm. okay, I can be frustrated and cranky and like sad. I'm I'm or I can okay, God, what what do you want to do in my life in this season? Mm. Oh, I love that. So, in light of seasons, um was there ever a moment or have you ever experienced a moment where you just even wanted to give up and if so how did you overcome that season yes (laughs) there has been times yeah um i think because you just are tired or you're frustrated or you know things are not going the way you want them to go um but you don't give up you Mm -hmm. just you you pray through it you Mm -hmm. know to be honest, in life, anything you do is going to be hard, you know? Right. You're going to be in a job, you're going to have difficulties. You're raising children, you're going to have difficulties. In a marriage, you're going to have difficulties. But you persevere. And mm-hmm. you you just say, okay, I think it's praying it out and saying, okay, this is what I'm feeling, but I'm not making a permanent decision based on temporary circumstances. Because mm-hmm. circumstances will change. You're not going to be there forever. You're not going to be in that difficult place in your marriage forever. You're not going to be in that season of pioneering forever where you're like, oh my goodness, like, you know, I'm doing everything. You know, I'm, I'm playing piano and then I go to nursery and then I have to look after these people. And then, I, you know, it's, it's not forever. God, you know, things change, right? So right. I think it's having the perspective that it is just a season and God's going to see you through it and don't make any decisions during that time when you're feeling like that. Hmm. But, yeah. Okay. And I know that you mentioned quite a few times just about prayer. And of course, like we know that prayer is like very significant, regardless, pastor's wife, Mm -hmm. just anybody (laughs) in general. But was there ever or is there one significant prayer that you have prayed consistently over time? Um, 
Well, there are different prayers, but mm -hmm. I would say um, just that God would give me a right heart mm -hmm. because I think in the longevity of ministry, you don't want your heart to go the wrong way. Right. Um, so I'd always say, it's kind of funny, but I'd be like, God, give me a soft heart and tough skin. Hmm. Because I wanted my heart to always stay soft and my skin to take a lot, you know, the outside. But a lot of times, over time, people's um, hearts become hardened and their right. skin is very soft. So they're very sensitive to everything that happens to them. But towards God and people, it can be hardened. So mm -hmm. I'd always say, Lord, just keep my heart soft um, and let me, yeah, process life the way that, you know, through your word and let me see things the way you see them. Mm -hmm. And... Just praying that God would ha let me be a help and not a hindrance, mm. um, whether in my family or in in, in the church. Um, I also always pray that God would renew my mind, mm. give me fresh insight, give me fresh vision for things, because sometimes our mind can get very foggy and we can get off track. Right. Um, those are, yeah, prayers for myself, and then obviously prayer just for my marriage, you know, praying for your family. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think it's, yeah, prayer is everything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It really is, you know, just it keeps you. Mm. You know, I really like that you mentioned, um, well, one of the first prayers was for God to keep your heart soft and have like tough skin. Because being out in the field, I'm sure there, you know, especially since you like, pioneered in several different places at some point criticism can come along as well how have you handled the criticism as it's come your way if it's come your way mm -hmm. over the years yeah there's always going to be criticism or maybe it also can be condemnation that can come because mm. you can feel like you know you do something maybe it's not do I make the right decision do I not make the right decision right um but you got to remember with anything you're going to make mistakes and even if people come and say something and it's not even maybe to me but maybe about your husband because your husband's the pastor and maybe he's not mm -hmm. handling every situation perfectly you know or they have a different view on things um sometimes you 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 just have to i don't think i think the first natural response is we want to be defensive right we want to put up our defense and be like well you don't know the other side of the story and you don't know what but I think over time you realize that, no, you know what? Listen, because you can learn something through criticism too. Because mm -hmm. we, we're learning always, you know, through making, you know, through problems is how you actually learn a lot, right? Yeah. So I think being open to seeing yourself differently, mm -hmm. you know, it can even, not just in ministry, even in marriage, your, your husband can say stuff and you're like, oh. the first response is no, no, no. And then you're kind of, yeah, you're right. You are right. <laughs> <laughs> I do have to change in this area, you know? Right. So, I think coming from a person that you know loves you, it's easier criticism. Mm -hmm. But then also there is criticism that is not from people that are trying to help you, but they're jealous, right? So mm -hmm. then that's a different response because if you look at David in the Bible, in the chapter, in, and I think it's in Samuel, where he had criticism in one chapter three times. It was like his brothers criticized him and said, right. who do you think you are coming and just going to fight Goliath? And with that criticism, I was jealous criticism. He didn't say anything. He just went straight to Saul. Mm -hmm. Saul kind of criticized and said, well, like, you honestly think you can just go out there and fight Goliath? 
And to that, he explained himself. He said, well, I've killed a lion and a bear. So he explained himself. Mm. And then the last criticism was against Goliath. Goliath is like, you think I'm a dog to come out here and fight against me? And that's when David's like, okay, I'm getting my slingshot. You're going down. So criticism is very different. Criticism can be helpful and it can be just criticism because jealous and to your response has to be different and then it's Mm. downright the enemy the devil coming against you because i know one pastor's wife a very good friend of mine she almost quit ministry because somebody was so critical towards her oh wow she came to the point in her life she was she's a bit dramatic anyway (laughs) she's she's out in the missionary field but um she came to the point where she honestly was praying one day. It's like, God, just, you know what? I think this church would be better without me. My husband would be better without me. It's me. I'm the problem. Oh, no. But it was attack of the enemy through this other person who had been, you know, saying very critical things towards her. So yeah. not all criticism is handled, I don't think, the same way. So. Right. How do you think a person discerns between criticism that's coming through a jealous place versus criticism that's coming from, like, the right place versus the enemy um yeah discernment that's what you need is discernment to pray mm-hmm. about it and just say like okay and I, I think when it's from somebody you trust and love you can usually it's usually like okay I can I this is probably true like I do mm-hmm. need to you know change this or this in my life um but yeah you, it's true you need discernment because not mm-hmm. you know sometimes we can react the wrong way you know we can listen to the enemy and be like, oh, I'm terrible. And that's just the devil speaking right? Um, through some words or the other way around where we can be all proud and not receive criticism that, you know, could be very helpful to us. So. Right, right. Would you say that there have ever been any goals that you've set for yourself in the past that is currently helping you in ministry today? Yes, I think I think um, when you get saved, the the way you can kind of construct your christianity it's very beneficial later on when you're put into ministry it can even be ministry in the home church Mm -hmm. um again goes back to like prayer your prayer life is very important so making a set time every morning where you're going to pray being in the word of god Mm. you know studying the word of god those things are, are definitely later on in ministry those help you because people come to you with questions and you can say oh you know the bible says this or you have some answers for people right um setting yourself up um i guess also in in way of like marriage um protecting your marriage investing in your marriage i think those things throughout the years um you begin to reap the harvest from those things Mm -hmm. and in your ministry that they become a blessing to you Mm -hmm. um you can't neglect those things especially like when you're building a house, some of the foundations have to be set properly or later on it's very you know, difficult to build on something that wasn't proper on a proper foundation. Mm. So I think in our Christian walk, whether you, you know, go on to be a pastor's wife or you do ministry or whatever, those fundamental things in your family are very, very important. Mm. Having a good relationship with your spouse, um, having a good relationship with your children, mm. those are very, very important. Um, and then godly disciplines of disciplined life you know mm-hmm. those things all play out later on because um, if you don't have some of those things down it becomes more and more difficult you know mm. to be honest my main goal in life was just to do what i'm doing so mm-hmm. fair, <laughs> I, fair. I, yeah you know um i think something is very important to me is always learning things um mm-hmm not being stuck like I don't want to be one-dimensional where you're not all constantly growing in different areas 
Um, and then that helps in ministry too, because then you can try new things. You're not afraid mm. to like push push yourself in different areas. Mm-hmm. And I like that you said that even after you know all these years, like you're still learning and you're still growing, because that tells me and like everyone listening that this is an ongoing walk right mm-hmm. and it's not over until it's over basically it's so that's encouraging to know that like we there's still something that we can take from life and our experiences as yeah. we go along so what is one piece of advice you would say for a person who is on the path of being sent out with their spouse someday or has already is already on the field what would you say to these people what would i say enjoy it (laughs) enjoy the ride you know I think when I look back yeah if I regret anything it's stressing over things that in the end didn't maybe matter Mm. or God worked out God worked it out in his own timing um yeah because sometimes you know it's really a, a wild ride you know pioneering I always think of like being sent out as kind of like getting on a roller coaster you get strapped in and you know how you're going up and on that way up you're so nervous like what am i what am i doing what am i doing and then you get to the top it's like and it's it's too late you're just going and you're just going for it and i feel like that's the adventure of pioneering it's literally a roller coaster you're gonna have times when you go you're at church and you think wow this is the best thing in the world and like wow god's moving especially in the beginning days and you have services where you're like oh my goodness like what's going on where is everybody you know yeah or dealing with people and it's just not taking it all upon ourselves because really it's it's work of god and we Mm. are just god's using us as instruments and if you're preparing to go out you know take the time that you're now not out it's just like getting ready for marriage don't wait to get married to be like okay now i'm gonna learn to cook and now i'm gonna learn to clean and now i'm gonna learn to like have communication learn all that stuff beforehand so when Mm. you go into marriage it's a little bit more smooth and the same with pioneering you know if you're in your home church follow up on people have people over make sure you've got that disciplined you know prayer life um make relationships that, mm-hmm. that you can have friendships with people that when you are out in the field that there's people that you can like talk to and you know be open with i think that's very very important advice for pastors wives is have a few close friends that you can open up to if you're struggling with things and they can mm-hmm. pray for you right um so yeah i i would say if you're planning on going out you know really prepare in those ways just practical mm-hmm. things that later on that's what you're gonna be doing so do it now you know prepare. right right and if you're out there God bless you. <laughs> no, God really, God, like, I know it always goes back to God, but it is God, you know? It's yeah. like, sometimes we get so uptight over things and we don't enjoy so much. And I can, I can be that person. I'm already planning the next thing and the next thing and the next thing instead of enjoying the moment of, hey, just relax. You know, it's, yeah. God's good and he's, he's going to take care of things. And uh, we, we sometimes make it out to be more than it is and take ourselves too seriously. So mm. It's good to, um, yeah, have a have a different take on it and just enjoy it too, right? Because mm. wow. later you look back and you have all these funny. So even if it's the worst season, you later look back and you can laugh about it, and you have right. so many stories because of it. <laughs> <laughs> I have so many stories of crazy things and times where like wow like at the time it was not fun but later you look back and you can laugh about it and be like yeah remember when this happened and this happened and right. this happened and you're like yeah wow. So, wow. So don't take life too seriously. (laughs) (laughs) 
no that's that's really great honestly um again i can't thank you enough for coming on here and just being on this episode it was absolutely amazing there's so much that even again i don't even think you have to be a pastor's wife to take something from this entire episode and just the things that you've said and like just words of wisdom so again thank you so much sherilyn for coming on here and just being very open with your entire experience oh well thank you so much and i i hope i conveyed something <laughs> but yeah i i'm very blessed to be here yeah. um blessed to be a part of what god's doing and you know in our fellowship and just with yeah and i'm really yeah i'm just honored that you you know thought i had something to say so <laughs> of course you had great it was stuff a blessing to say. it was a blessing thank you so much no problem all right and that's it our real community until next time stay encouraged